What's up, everybody, and welcome to Tables, Ladders, and Chairs, the podcast. I'm your host, Brian Chairs, and on today's episode, I am joined by Dion Ciccone. Dion is the owner and founder of StackOfCards.com. He joins me to talk about growing up in New Zealand, the recent explosion in wrestling trading cards, and of course, AEW Blood and Guts. Plus, I recap the week that was in professional wrestling, including Skipping Raw Again, the Macho Man Randy Savage A&E Biography Series, and is Daniel Bryan leaving the WWE? All that, and so much more, right now on Tables, Ladders, and Chairs, the podcast. Hey guys, listen up. Are you like me and like to collect trading cards? If so, check out our friends at stackofcards.com. That's stackofcards with a Z.com. They are a website that buys and sells vintage trading cards. Whether you like wrestling, sports, movies, or video games, it's all there. They also do pack and box breaks on their YouTube channel. You can find their YouTube channel as well as all of their other social media accounts on their website at stackofcards.com. That's stackofcards with a Z.com. Also, don't forget their website gets restocked every Friday. Just like this podcast releases a new episode every Friday, the website is restocked every single Friday, so there's always new products to buy. And right now, my buddy Dion is going to give you a discount just for listening to this podcast. If you're listening right now to Tables, Ladders, and Chairs of the podcast, Dion is going to hook you up. Just use discount code CHAIRS, that's C-H-A-I-R-E-S, at checkout to save 10%. Don't miss out, guys. Check out stackofcards.com. That's stackofcards with a Z.com for all your trading card needs. And don't forget to use code CHAIRS at checkout. What's up, guys? And welcome to episode 19 of Tables, Ladders, and Chairs, the podcast. What a huge week in wrestling. So many places we can start, but let's get right into it. We got Dion Ciccone on the show later today. Dion used to work for AEW. He is the owner and founder of StackOfCards.com, where you can get all your trading card needs. Um, but that's later on in the show. Great interview, so stick around for that. Talking to Dion Ciccone from StackOfCards.com. But before we get there, like I said, a lot happened this week in wrestling. I want to jump right in and start with what I think could be the biggest story of the week. And that is that it has been reported from Fightful.com that Daniel Bryan, his WWE contract expired last week after his match with Roman Reigns on SmackDown. And before we get to Daniel Bryan and what that potentially means for him in the WWE and where he could possibly go, I want to start out by saying that match with Roman Reigns, great match. Um, I love that they gave it time. I love that it had a purpose. I love that it, you know, throughout the episode of SmackDown, they they kept building it up and building it up, and it felt like a true main event. Um, it could have been a pay-per-view main event. It could have been the main event of WrestleMania. Uh, it kind of was, but Edge was involved. But you, you know what I mean. It was just so well done. So if you haven't seen SmackDown from last week, go back and check it out. The whole episode was good, but especially, you know, uh, I, I believe that match went about it started with entrances probably around the 45 minute mark. Um, so probably like nine 15 PM East coast. And it went obviously through 10 PM, but it was, it was just so well done. Roman Reigns is on the top of his game these days. 
And Daniel Bryan is always on the top of his game. So you knew it was going to be a good match, and it was great. And um, obviously, Daniel Bryan lost. Roman Reigns retains the universal title. And now the word around going around is that Daniel Bryan is out the door in WWE. Now, uh, there's a lot that can happen here. So first off, you know, we got Daniel Bryan. Just because his contract expired after that match at SmackDown, he could have went backstage and said, hey, Vince, I want to re-sign. And, you know, they re-signed right there on the spot. Who knows? Or... And probably more likely, he's a free agent right now. Um, when the contracts, you know, lapse or run out or however you want to say it, they don't have a 90-day thing. There's no 90-day no-compete clause. Um, his contract expired, so now he is no longer contract under WWE. And uh, there's just so many things. Like, I mean, I God, the idea of Daniel Bryan being a free agent and showing up in AEW or New Japan is just so mind-blowing, and uh, I can't wait to see what he does. Now, if you ask me, my guess, he re-signs with WWE. He takes a little bit of a break, rests up, heals up. you got to remember, he he's back, but he's coming off of a career-threatening neck and concussion injuries, so you got to make sure you take care of yourself, especially he's probably right around 40 years old. He's got two little kids, so he wants to make sure his health is the number one priority and I don't blame him. So I could see him taking some time off to heal up, rest up and uh, you know, just make sure his body's good to go before he jumps back into the next part of his career. Also, it doesn't help or it does help that he's not hurting for money. So if he doesn't wrestle another day in his life, he's good. He doesn't need to do anything else. He's set for life financially, but I feel like Daniel Bryan is the type of person who just doesn't want to, especially at 40 years old, go and sit in his house and retire and not do anything again. So I do think we'll see him in the, back in the ring, whether it be for WWE, AEW, New Japan. Um, yeah, I think he's going to end up back with WWE. But if you think about it, you know, could you imagine Daniel Bryan versus Kenny Omega? Daniel Bryan versus Samoa Joe? Daniel Bryan versus Chris Jericho? Daniel Bryan versus... Orange Cassidy. <laughs> I'm a big Orange Cassidy fan. We'll get to that later. But uh, there's just so many possibilities for Daniel Bryan. And if you think about it, you know, you could almost start your own wrestling company right now, a third company or a fourth company if you include Impact, with the free agents out there. Daniel Bryan, CM Punk, Brock Lesnar, the Iconics. Uh, it's j just to name a few, like, my God, like there's so much talent unsigned right now. And that's also really cool to think about that these talent can take their skills, take their talents and, you know, use them wherever they want. Daniel Bryan is such a big star that he could go and work out a deal where he wrestles for AEW. He wrestles in New Japan. He wrestles in Impact and he just does the rounds, kind of similar to what Cody Rhodes did back in 2016 when he left the WWE. There's just so many ways that this can go with Daniel Bryan. Uh, I don't think he's done, and I do think he'll be back in the WWE at some point soon. But it's really cool to think about all the other possibilities and all the other matches that Daniel could have outside of the WWE. So I'm looking forward to what his next move could be. Speaking of AEW, AEW had blood and guts this week. Um, the Pinnacle versus the Inner Circle. And there's a little bit of controversy coming out of that match. Um, 
later on in the interview in the episode uh, with Dion, you'll hear we do talk about AEW blood and guts and our thoughts on the match going into it. Uh, full disclosure: the interview with Dion was recorded on Monday. If you're listening to this on Friday, and I'm recording this right now on Thursday, so as of this recording right now, blood and guts happened last night, and I just want to give some of my thoughts on it. All right, so the match itself lived up to the hype. It was very good, very bloody, very violent, and it, it, it was good. Overall, I enjoyed it. I was entertained by it. I think what everybody is having a problem with here today is the finish. I like the hostage finish. I really do. The fact of MJF saying, if you don't give up and quit right now, I'll throw him off the cage. I like that a lot. But I think everybody knew somebody was going off the top of that cage. And I think personally, you either don't surrender and let him get thrown off the top of the cage, or you surrender and then Jericho reverses it and throws MJF off the cage. But whatever, to see the big spot, the big bump off the top of the cage, it's an always a cool visual, always a cool spectacle. The problem that I had with the match and the ending was that the production team did everything in their power to let you see everything. Now, we know that Jericho is not going to land on a concrete floor or a steel grate because that's too dangerous. He's coming from 20, 30 feet in the air. You got to protect him. And nobody wants to see anybody get hurt. So I'm not saying make sure he goes through steel because I don't want that. But when he goes off that cage and he lands on cardboard and a big crash pad, when he lands, the cardboard flips up and you can see the bottom and it's brown, the color of cardboard. All I'm saying is you couldn't just hit that with silver spray paint to make it look more like steel. I don't know. That's just me. And I think that's what a lot of people are worried about and are talking about. And to be honest with you, all right, that wasn't even my biggest problem with the match. Yes, it it was a little hokey. And yes, it was obviously, you know, a little, a little weird that we clearly saw him land on a big crash pad and, you know, cardboard boxes essentially. But my problem with the match was how production caught him leading up to and blading himself. You know, him and MJF are on the top of the cage, and he's in the uh, – MJF had him – or no, he had MJF in the walls of Jericho. MJF hit him with a low blow, and then he dropped down to his knees, and you can clearly see him reach into his wrist tape, pull out a blade, and hold it in between his pointer finger and his thumb. MJF proceeds to put on the armbar on him, and he's waving off the tap out with his hand – but you can clearly see he still has his thumb and pointer finger pinching down on that blade. So you could clearly see what was coming. Next thing you know, he gets up there. MJF hits him with the ring. Jericho goes down. Next shot you see, Jericho's a bloody mess. So we saw that whole process. And that is what, to me, you know, you gotta you got to fix that sort of stuff. Because obviously, we know that it's you know, predetermined, but we like to believe in wrestling and we like to believe in the story and we like to believe in the match and, you know, just do a tight camera shot on Jericho's face as he's waving off the, uh, 
the, the tap out or just do a wide shot where you just see his hand. But the shot they did, you clearly – it was very much in focus. Of You can see his fingers, the way his fingers were positioned. He wasn't – he didn't have his pointer and his thumb separated. So you knew the blade was in there. You saw him take it out of his wrist tape. When he's, going, when he's down on the ground taking the blade out of his wrist tape, do a close-up shot of MJF standing there. I think at that point, too, MJF even put his arms out and – you know, was taunting the crowd or whatever it may be. Keep that on him until you can tell that Jericho has got the blade in his hand and he's not reaching into his wrist tape anymore. Um, that was my biggest problem with the match. Obviously, the finish, it is what it is. You know you got to protect these guys. You want to protect these guys. So I had no problem with him landing on crash pads. I don't even have any problem with him landing on the cardboard boxes. Would it have been nice to see those cardboard boxes spray-painted silver to look more like a steel grate, absolutely. But I'm all for his safety, and I understand you don't want him falling on steel and actually getting really hurt. So I totally understand it. I think you just need the production side of things needs to pick things up and tighten things up a little bit because here we go. This is the second major gimmick match that had a botch with the production. Talk about AEW Revolution on this podcast. We talked about the um, exploding barbed wire death match. Obviously, that was, as they say, a fart in church. That was horrible. The ending to that couldn't have gone any worse for AEW. Now with this, great bump, but everybody saw it was a crash pad, and you just didn't. It would have been okay people to know. It would have been okay for people to know it was a crash pad. The problem was. When he landed, you saw the cardboard underneath. It's not that hard. Just hit that with some spray paint. Really, it's not that hard. Because I feel like with the fans, AEW is kind of running out of chances here with these big gimmick matches. The matches themselves, phenomenal. But this is the second time in a row where this big gimmick, gimmick match did not have a good ending. And people were complaining about the ending the day after. So I worry for AEW that... Even the most hardcore AEW fans are going to start giving up on them in terms of these big matches. It's almost going to get to the point, I think, if they have another one of these big blunders, that the next time they announce a gimmick match, everyone's going to be like, okay, here we go. It's, you know, We know what's going to happen. It's going to be a great match with a horrible ending. I don't want that for AEW, especially because the talent busted their ass. All those guys in that match put it all on the line. Everybody was bleeding. It was a great match. Great story, perfectly booked, perfectly booked. Even the finish was perfectly booked. Just the execution, as it came across on television, did not work for me. But otherwise, I loved it, and huge respect to everybody in that match. It was hats off to them. It was phenomenal. Speaking also of AEW, I want to transition to Double or Nothing. We have that coming up in a couple weeks on May 30th. They announced on Dynamite that it's going to be Dr. Britt Baker versus Hikaru Shida at Double or Nothing for the AEW Women's title. I'm all for it. I've been saying on this podcast for weeks and months and months, give Britt Baker the AEW Women's title. I think it's going to happen at Double or Nothing. I think I called it last week or the week before. I'm excited for it. I can't wait for it. It's Dr. Britt Baker's time to shine. She is awesome. I love that every time she's in the ring. She picks up those cameras on the outside and just gives her facial expression and it just drives home the point to whatever she's trying to get across. And I absolutely love it. I cannot wait 
to have Britt Baker as the AEW Women's Champion. And Hikaru Shida, congratulations to her. As of Double or Nothing, she will have surpassed one full year as the AEW Women's Champion. But oh no, it's time to make the change. It's time for Dr. Britt Baker to be the Women's Champion. And hell, let her hold it for another year because she is that good. She is that entertaining. She, you know, she's the face of the women's division and we've been talking about it for months. It's Britt Baker's time to shine and I can't wait. I'm so excited for double or nothing. That's going to be a phenomenal match. And you know what? At this point, put that on as the main event for the title. We're going to get to the AEW title in a second. This one has been building for almost a year, if not longer, because I feel like in that whole time, you've just been building Britt Baker up for this moment. It's going to be her moment. Put him in the main event and have Britt Baker end that pay-per-view holding up the gold. Speaking of the AEW gold, uh, Kenny Omega, he's been doing, you know, he's on Impact. He's on AEW. He's feuding with, um, you know, Omega and Moxley, uh, Omega and Moxley, Moxley and Kingston. And they are... It's good. I like it. But I feel like it's also more of a storyline between the Bucks and Moxley and Kingston. And I fully expect the Bucks versus Moxley and Kingston to be added to the Double or Nothing card. But as far as Omega goes, they've already announced that at on Dynamite next week, it's going to be Orange Cassidy versus Pac. And the winner of that will go on to face Kenny Omega at Double or Nothing for the title. So here we go. I was texting with my friend last night about it, and um, I, I think a Kenny Omega versus Orange Cassidy match would be great. I think it would be entertaining. There's no part of me that thinks Orange Cassidy would win, but I think it would be really cool to see, and I think it would be an entertaining match. And I think they've already announced that Double or Nothing is going to have full capacity of 5,500 fans in Daly's place. So I think those fans, as proven this week on Dynamite, will be 100% behind Orange Cassidy. And I just think it would make for an entertaining match. On the other side, if you're talking about a hard-hitting, um, you know, five-star wrestling match, then it's got to be Pac versus Kenny Omega. Again, I don't think either of these guys, whether it be Pac or Orange Cassidy, are winning the title. But I think both of them could have an entertaining match with Kenny on pay-per-view. And because there won't be that much of a build, it would be maybe a two-week build uh, for the match. That's why I think uh, Britt Baker and Hikaru Shida should main event double or nothing. But either way, Omega vs. Pac, Omega vs. Orange Cassidy, I think they'd be entertaining. And uh, I'm hoping for Orange Cassidy. I'd really like to see it. I'm a big fan of his. Uh, I totally understand he's not everybody's cup of tea. He's a very acquired taste. You either love him or you hate him. There's no real in-between there. But, uh, I, you know, I'm looking forward to it. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing Orange Cassidy in the title match. Again, I don't think he's going to win, but it's going to be – it would be an entertaining match. So I'm pulling for Orange Cassidy next week against Pac, and uh, we'll see how it goes. Another thing I want to talk about here, the Macho Man Randy Savage. He's one of my all-time favorites. It's pretty incredible how much I like the guy considering I've never seen one of his matches live um, ever. Uh, you know, I've seen them all since, but I started watching wrestling WWE in 1996. 
and he was in WCW at that time. And I never watched WCW. I wasn't one of the guys who would watch an hour of Nitro and then switch over to Raw at 9 o'clock. I just didn't do it. I was a WWE fan. I am a WWE fan. And, um, you know, I never I never got to see Macho Man. And unfortunately, you know, after WCW, he never came back to WWE. He's one of the few who never came back and wrestled for WWE after he initially left. So it's been... Uh, he's one of my favorites, like I said, but I just, I never got to see him wrestle live. So it's crazy to think that he's one of my all-time favorites. So needless to say, I was very excited to see this A&E biography on him. Um, you know, when they announced the season, I was like, okay, Macho Man and Shawn Michaels. Those are the two episodes I'm really excited for. And after watching the Stone Cold one and the, and the Roddy Piper episode, I was pumped. I couldn't wait. Both of those were phenomenal. So we get to this past week, this past Sunday, I sit down in front of the TV, I start watching the Macho Man thing, and they got action figures. They got Kurt Hawkins, a.k.a. Brian Myers on it. I'm hooked right from the beginning. I'm like, this is going to be great. And you know what? The first hour was pretty great. I enjoyed it. Um, Did they leave some things out? Did they skip over a couple things? Did they focus on things too much? Probably, but for the most part, the first hour I enjoyed a lot. And then came the second hour. And the second hour was a complete and total burial of this guy. And, I, I, man, they included stuff about Miss Elizabeth and her passing. And as sad and unfortunate as that is, this wasn't a Miss Elizabeth biography. And when that happened, the Macho Man had absolutely nothing to do with her passing. So I don't know why you would have to include that in there at all. And then they have very questionable... Uh, guests speaking about the Macho Man, including Bubba the Love Sponge. Come on. Why? Why? I get it. You didn't like each other. You didn't like him. You mocked him on the radio. Fine. Whatever. But why would you have him, Bubba the Love Sponge, talk about the Macho Man? He had nothing to do with Randy's career. And then, you know, you think about it. You had Lanny Poffo, Randy's brother. He was in the first hour pretty much the whole time the second hour i think he had one clip in the second hour and i i just thought it was wrong i just thought they it, it was just bad man it was just bad and i was so excited coming off the first two documentaries on a e and then we get this one and i i just i didn't like it i think that it was very reminiscent of the self-destruction of the ultimate warrior dvd that wwe put out 15 years ago and um that's not a good thing because especially now Randy's not around to defend himself. And then you, on top of that, you don't have anybody like Lanny featured enough in that second hour talking about these things to defend him. And I get it. The man was not the best person. He did steroids and, you know, he might've had some problems here and there, but why bury him to such a degree when he's not even here to defend himself um, I, I just didn't like it, and it's unfortunate because I was really looking forward to that. And uh, I, I don't know. We'll have to see. It kind of soured me a little bit on the series now because I'm like, are we going to get that? You think about, I just mentioned, The Ultimate Warrior. Are they going to put out the same type of piece on The Ultimate Warrior? When his episode airs next month, You know, I, I don't want to see that. Again, he's not around anymore to defend himself or to talk or to be featured on these things. I just think it's, you know, it didn't make Macho Man look to be, it didn't put him in a good light. And 
I don't know. I, I wasn't a fan. Um, and, and don't get me wrong. I totally understand. Not everybody is a saint. Not everybody is a good human being, especially back in the 80s and early 90s in wrestling. You know, there's a lot of problems going on back then. I totally understand. But I just didn't like the way that it was portrayed. And I think a lot of people are huge Macho Man fans. He's one of the best of all time. And uh, to see him portrayed in such a negative light, I, I don't know. I was a little upset about that. Moving on here, let's see what else we got going on. Um, tonight, we got the throwback SmackDown. That's going to be cool. I hope they have the fist. I really do. I, I really do. I'm, I'm concerned that they won't. And, you know, uh, if they don't, if, if the stage looks exactly the same as it did last week, don't even bother with it. I, you know, if you don't want to do the fist, do the old school set with like that, you know, kind of arc screen that they had back in like 1999, 2000. You know, but if the stage is going to be the exact stage from the Thunderdome every week, don't even bother. Just cancel the show right now because you have to have, if it's a throwback episode, you have to have a nice setup, a nice old school setup. Um, I'm looking forward to it. We got Seth Rollins and Cesaro tonight, WrestleMania rematch. I'll tell you what, man, they've been making Cesaro look like a star. At the end of SmackDown last week, he came out to try to save Daniel Bryan. Uh, Uso and Roman put him in the ropes and, you know, hit the concerto on Bryan, sending him out of the WWE. But Cesaro, he looked like a star running out there. And I um, I hope they keep going with Cesaro. I, I think he probably will wrestle. He could wrestle Roman Reigns at WrestleMania Backlash. Um, that's what it's looking like right now. And I'm all for it. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think Cesaro has a chance in hell of winning the title. But it's nice to see after all these years Cesaro be featured on the main events. It's, it, it's time. It's been time. It's been a long time. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, Big E, Apollo Crews look like they're going to collide in a fatal four-way here at some point, probably at the pay-per-view uh, for the Intercontinental title. I love it. All four of those guys can go. I think it'd be great. Um, I really am enjoying the Nigerian nail from Apollo's heater, Commander Aziz, very similar to the uh, Samoan Spike from Umaga back in the day. I loved Umaga, so the Nigerian nail is a cool thing to see. Um, I'm all about that. Uh, <laughs> the Dirty Dogs. All right, they started off SmackDown against teaming with Bailey against the Street Profits and Bianca Belair. Huge fan of Dolph Ziggler. He's my current favorite wrestler, uh, and will be until the day he retires. But my God, their theme sucks. Their theme is absolutely horrible. And I just listened to an interview with Jim Johnston the other day uh, on Chris Van Vliet's podcast, and it's just a shame that he's not around anymore because he would produce such great magic. And now, I was talking about this with Heel Spo also last week. Now, every song sounds the exact same. Every single one of them. Uh, Roman Reigns, that's a big thing, too. He just got a new song this past week on SmackDown. He's got a new theme. Heel Spo told me he doesn't like it. Me, personally, I'm a big fan of the Roman Reigns theme. I think it's awesome, and I actually think for just a generic, um, just a generic theme song, generic instrumental, I think it's very good, so I personally liked it. Spo doesn't like it. That's all right, but uh, you know they all sound the same. Rollins, Cesaro, excuse me, uh, Roman, all their themes kind of sound similar, and I just think they need to hire somebody who can produce better content, or at least if the guys who are doing it, if they could produce good content, then let them make these songs different from each other. They all sound the same, and I agree with Spo on that one. 
And um, like I said, Dolph Ziggler, he had one of the best themes in the whole company. Here to show the world. Awesome song. Now it's like a slowed down, I'm here to show the world. And then it goes into an instrumental that sounds, again, just like Cesaro's or Rollins or Roman's theme. Like, I I don't know. I'm not a fan of the themes these days. I wish they would bring Jim Johnston back. And again, if you have a chance, go check out his interview with Chris Van Vliet from Chris Van Vliet's show Insight. Really cool. And at the end, he plays the Undertaker theme on the piano. My God. uh, Chills. Chills, folks. So go check that out. Real quick, last two things before we wrap up. Candice LeRae, Indy Hartwell are the new NXT Women's Tag tag Team Champions, uh, defeating Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon. Good for them, good for the way. Big fan of Candice, so I'm really happy about that. Um, I just still don't understand why NXT has women's tag titles when they have women's tag titles on Raw and SmackDown, who are allowed to go to NXT and have gone to NXT even a month and a half ago. Yet, we have two sets of women's tag titles. I don't understand it. Speaking of the women's division, Eva Marie is back. A lot of people were upset by this. Me, personally, uh, you know, people have said they were upset, one, because she can't wrestle. They say she can't wrestle. And two, because she, I don't know, they just fired Mickey James, Chelsea Green, the Iconics. They just fired all these people, and now they debut Eva Marie. From what I know, from what I heard, Eva's been under contract since like September. So it's not like they just re-signed her after they fired all these people. Um, Also, it's been four years since she's been in the ring. So I think she's probably improved. She's had to have improved in four years if she's been putting in the work and training. And from what I've heard, yeah, she's been down at NXT trying to get better and train. So as long as she's improved in the ring, I thought she was a great character. I thought it was funny that she would always have an excuse not to wrestle. Um... You want to do that, have her get out there, keep doing the excuses for a few weeks. Not too long, but for a few weeks. And then have her get in the ring, have her have a match, and have her actually kick some ass and be good and impress people. I think that'd be a cool little payoff for that. So Eva Marie is back. I didn't watch Raw this week, but obviously I saw on Twitter. Good stuff. I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm happy to see her back as long as she's improved and as long as they don't continue the thing with her not wrestling for too long. I get it if you want to do it to reintroduce her character to the fans who, you know, probably remember her from four years ago, but don't do it forever. Do it for a few weeks and then let her get in the ring and tear the roof off the place. And I hope she does. I think that'd be great. Guys, check me out on Twitter at BrianChair7 at TLChairsPod. Same thing on Instagram, ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash TLChairsPod. Buy a shirt. I can't tell you how much it helps me. Um, Rate, review, subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, where available, wherever you get your podcasts. Go to YouTube, subscribe on YouTube. Just go to YouTube and search Tables, Ladders, and Chairs, the podcast. Uh, guys, let's get right into it. Dion Ciccone, stackofcards.com. He's a former AEW employee. We talk blood and guts. We talk trading cards. We talk this incredible story. Um, I don't want to spoil it, but he had barbecue with a WWE legend. So you're going to want to hang out to the end for that one. Don't miss it. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Let's get right to it. But before we do, let's hear a word from our sponsor. All right, guys, joining me right now is the owner and founder of our very first sponsor, stackofcards.com. You can find him on his social media pages or on his YouTube channel, Ripping Open Cards. Ladies and gentlemen, he is Dion Ciccone. Dion, how you doing today, buddy? Oh, I'm so good. Thank you for having me, man. That was an epic intro. I enjoyed that. (laughs) 
Hey, thank you so much. I appreciate you doing this. And uh, like I said, right before we jumped on here, I'm just looking forward to getting to know you a little bit, talking some wrestling, talking some cards, and uh, just getting into it, man. You ready to go? Hell yeah, I'm ready. Sounds good, man. So I want to start with you way back at the beginning, just like I do with all my other guests. Uh, this is a wrestling podcast. So before we get to the card talk, I want to know, how did you become a fan of professional wrestling? <clears throat> well, dude, like uh, I, I blame my nan. Back in New Zealand, we had uh, – so we got WWF. And uh, the, I was telling someone else this the other day, like the, the concept of a pay-per-view, I didn't understand what that meant because major pay-per-views in New Zealand were just free to air. So the first really? show that I, yeah, you just, you didn't pay for it. It was just on, we only had three channels in New Zealand and they were literally called one, two, and three. So <laughs> it was on channel, it was on channel two uh, before what we call closed down. Like it didn't have a 24 hour cycle of TV. It would shut down at midnight and then oh, wow. that was it. So it was before closed down. And uh, I remember watching, uh, it was SummerSlam, um, Rick, I think it was SummerSlam, Rick Rude versus the ultimate warrior yeah i'm um, in steel cage match and i that was the first vhs tape that i watched like like from beginning to end and then when it finished i rewound the video to watch it again like my nan would just sit me in front of the tv and just watch wrestling all day and her favorites she would tell me who her favorites were and my cousin would tell me who his favorites were i'm like oh, okay cool that's awesome like wrestling my uncle it just drove him nuts about it just watching wrestling all day but uh but yeah that was my earliest earliest memory was rick rude versus ultimate warrior in a steel cage that's awesome man that's crazy that you guys only got three channels and that pay-per-views were free like that's insane yeah we didn't, i didn't understand the concept of it until i think until i got like into like uh middle school okay like, oh people pay to watch this like on like you pay for it like, it's just a foreign concept. I didn't even know what PPV stood for. Didn't even know what pay-per-view. So you pay it to watch it. Even WCW pay-per-views. Like, when WWF went away, we got WCW. So I yep. grew up, I basically watched WCW. So we got WCW at, at midnight, and I would just watch that. Like, all the Spring Stampede, Slamboree, all that kind of stuff. We just got it for free. And we wow. just watched Monday Night, yeah, Monday Night Nitro aired on a Friday. And we... In New Zealand, we got it like a month later. So I'll be okay. watching last month's Nitro a month later. So the storyline didn't make sense when we got the pay-per-views. I just didn't understand, but it was wrestling, you know? Yeah. That's insane, man. That's insane. Did you guys get Raw? Uh, and during middle school, we got Raw, but you that time you had to pay for a certain channel. And gotcha. funnily enough, it was called Channel 4. So now we went from having three channels to like four, but four was premium. So you had to pay for that. So WWF was on channel four, but I didn't pay for it. So I just watched WCW. And for me to keep up with what was going on in WWE, uh, WWF, WWE was through magazines. And yes. my mom struck up a deal with the local magazine store. And she said, if you get a new like copy of wrestling, anything wrestling related, could you keep it on file? So my son can come down after school on Friday to pick which one he wants to take home. And that's kind of how I kept up with wrestling, like WWF wrestling. That's awesome, man. So the, you, you said for the pay-per-views or for the TV shows, like Nitro and Raw, they weren't um, airing at the same time as everybody here in America saw. But like the magazines, when you would go, say it was, you know, August, would you have that August magazine there 
at the store or would that be a different month? So we would, yeah, we would get the, uh, the magazines would be on time. Okay. But the but TV wasn't. So when we would, when I would read a magazine and then say like something, something big happened, I wouldn't, that wouldn't correlate well to TV because it just didn't happen. So you read the magazines and go, oh, so that's what happened. That's crazy. So, that's so, insane. <laughs> so if you wanted to keep up to date with WWF in general, you would have to go to Blockbuster and get like the, the VHSs. You have to. I remember the first, the first video that I rented was uh, um, In Your House, Ground Zero, and Stone Cold was on the cover. I was like, yep. whoa. And my mom was like, yeah, this is, this is the one you get every Friday night. We go down. It's $8 to get a VHS for overnight. And I just, I kept it. <laughs> like, my mom hated me for it. Like, I kept it for like a week. <laughs> mom was like, did you take that back? I'm like, no, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's awesome, dude. That's so cool. Yeah. It's so crazy how, like, you know, the magazine is on time. But, you know, the TV shows that you're watching are months yeah. old. It's insane. Um, yeah, never, you watch? never makes sense. It's crazy. Yeah, you said you watched SummerSlam, uh, Warrior, and Rick Rude. Who was your favorite wrestler when you first got introduced to wrestling? Uh, Bret Hart was my my yeah. favorite, and I think it was because it was my cousin's favorite wrestler. So, like when okay. I was saying, what my my dad's favorite wrestler was uh, Superfly, and uh, my cousin's favorite wrestler was Bret. And I liked my cousin. I was like, oh, he's my favorite. So I'm like, yeah, whatever he likes, I like. So I started watching <laughs> Bret Hart matches like nonstop, uh, and then. You know, during the, the early 90s, going you know, mid-90s, he was on top of the game. So Absolutely. I was like, oh, yeah, this is awesome, Bray Hart. And then the more I started watching wrestling, the more I got my own favorites. And I think everyone just kind of gravitated towards uh, Shawn Michaels. So Shawn Michaels yep. became my favorite wrestler that I, you know, that I got myself instead of having influence from someone else. I was like, yeah, Shawn Michaels is my favorite. Well, Shawn Michaels versus my, my second favorite, who's number one? Oh man, this is crazy. Uh, Brett versus Sean. Who's gonna? Uh, this craziness. <laughs> Without a doubt, man. I I'll tell you, I've said it before on the show. Um, 1996 was the time I started watching. I'm 31 mm -hmm. years old, so at the time I was six. And uh, same thing, man. Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels. Those were my guys. Sean being number one, just because the first show won the title, and um, you know he won the title, so he was my guy. And th mm -hmm. those times were just really awesome, and I, I cherish them. Uh, so much and you know it's funny because 1996 and like those mid 90s they were coming out of like the boom of the 80s and the early 90s and they haven't yet gotten to the attitude era so to to start watching around that time you know it wasn't the best time but for me yeah. i'll always just have those i'll cherish those memories just because of that, that's when i started watching so that's really cool to hear you're another Shawn michaels guy yeah it's funny you say that because like you say like it wasn't the best time but you don't have for me anyway i didn't have a I didn't have a preference. So when I saw yeah. like Savio Vega versus Steve Austin, a Caribbean strap match, I'm like, yeah, that's cool. Like that's awesome. Yes. You know, and Flash Funk versus Goldust. I'm like, yeah, that's cool too. You know, and you don't have another preference. But uh, when we got WCW, uh, first time, the first time WCW aired in New Zealand was Uncensored 97. So it was a pay-per-view. We didn't okay. know, no, I know nothing about, the, the characters, the athletes, the wrestlers knew nothing about him, but I knew that like Hulk Hogan was on the card. It was like a, uh, it was like a, uh, it was like a, it was like a battle royal team, battle royal pay per view like main event. And you Hogan was in it, Luger was in it, Nash was in it. You know all the top guys. Like oh, I know those guys from WWF, so I'm gonna watch this. And then I st 
stuck around and then all of a sudden this guy comes down from the rafters and I'm uh, apparently I'm meant to care about this person. His name is Sting. I'm like, okay, I don't know who this person is, but let's care about him now. Awesome. So I'm watching it. <laughs> looks cool with his with all his get uh, his uh, his get up and what, everything like that. Oh yeah, the face so, paint. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, I don't know who this person is, but I'm meant to care about him. It's a big deal because the crowd is popping off for him. So I'm like, all right, sweet. I care. I care about him now. So. <laughs> Definitely, man. That's so cool, man. I love hearing stuff like this. Um, you know, back in New Zealand, did you ever get to go to any of the live shows? No. So independent wrestling wasn't really a thing. Like, I mean, it was a thing, but yeah, you would have to travel. Like, I mean, it sounds, it doesn't sound long, but it, it was, in, I guess, when you were younger, like eight hours, nine hours to just go see one independent wrestling show. Um, That's a long so, trip. It's a long trip, right? <laughs> yeah. Even <laughs> now as an adult, that's a long time. <laughs> yeah. And when you're a kid, you can't exactly like get up and catch a bus or like, you know, right. drive anywhere. So, um, yeah, I don't watch, I don't watch any independent wrestling. The first wrestling show that I went to was in 2016. And my wow. wife, yeah, my wife purchased uh, raw tickets to go see it in Portland, Portland, Oregon. And uh, I was like, this is awesome. This is so cool. So that was the first time I went to a, a, a live wrestling show. It was in 2016. That's insane, man. <laughs> For somebody who's been watching, like you said, since the early 90s, to go you know, almost 30 years to 2016 without going to a live show. That's insane. What, uh, yeah, what, what happened on that Raw? Do you remember? Uh, I knew that. Rusev versus uh, Kalisto was the main event, like the on main event. Oh, yeah. Um, and then uh, Bailey versus Nia Jax was on it. Honestly, I can't remember. Yeah. <laughs> it was a good show, like, because it was my first time. For sure. And, of like, course. I was, you know, it was just so cool to be there and just finally see a WWE ring for the first time and just yep. see, like, the whole spectacle of it all. And, look at the merch stands and be like, holy crap, this is awesome. This is so cool to be here. And I was so thankful for my wife to getting me the tickets. I'm like, and she is not a big wrestling fan at all. Yeah. So the fact that she purchased tickets for both of us, she did it for my birthday. I was so happy about it. And uh, yeah, I, I can't remember a lot from it, but I remember being so happy to see. It. And Goldberg was there and, you know, WCW guy seeing Goldberg there. I was like, whoa, that's cool. But uh but yeah, it was weird too because I was surrounded by kids. Yeah. So I was the only like adult next to them going, yes, oh my God, that's amazing. Fireworks going on. Wow, just like on TV. <laughs> that's incredible, man. But that, that's what wrestling is though to me. Like it's like, you know, reliving your childhood and just like keeping those memories like close to the heart. And like, I, I, I love wrestling. You know, it's, it gets to the point sometimes where people complain about it, me included, you know, some things you don't agree with on TV and stuff, whatever. At the end of the day, wrestling brings people together. I said this before, man, me and you, uh, this is the first time we've ever talked and we just have talked for 12 minutes about wrestling and I'm having a blast. So like wrestling brings people <laughs> together. I, I love it, man. It's so great. I love being a fan. And even like for the people who don't know, like I used to work for AEW and like, when people would come into the office, like uh, Arn Anderson, Tully, Malenko, like uh, Jericho, when these people come in the room, it's like, whoa, I grew up watching you, but because I work here, I have to stay composed and I have to be right. professional. So yes, Arn, yes, Arn, yes, sir, no, sir, whatever you want to do, sir. Like it's, 
it's just still crazy to me that like I had that job opportunity and I saw all these people that I grew up watching and I had to try and stay professional. <laughs> <laughs> that, but that definitely, I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> that definitely sounds tough. So you mentioned AEW and if you don't mind talking about it, what did you do for AEW? I was their uh, social media coordinator for AEW. So I, it's a fancy way of saying I, I posted everything across all their channels for social media, uh, made the copy, you know, content creation, yeah, did that daily, like every every single day. That was my job. Wow, that's cool though. Before the pandemic hit and everything, were you actually working? Like, were you going to the cities where Dynamite was, or was this like a work from home thing, or what? Yeah, be- before the pandemic, yeah, I was traveling every single week. So like uh, Tuesday, I would get up early morning because I always wanted an early morning flight. Get up, catch the flight, get in. Uh, Wednesday comes around, it's the show. Leave early Thursday morning so I can get home and because I. My wife just gave birth to my kid, so I, I wanted to Congratulations. be there. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. I wanted to be there to to take care of, you know, my son right. and, you know, be a helpful husband and be a helpful father. So I wanted everything to be early. Early morning flight, get out, early morning flight back home so I could just be there. But, yeah, traveling every single week and then, yeah, it was crazy. It was cool, though, because, like, I never – like, being a small <laughs> – being a kid from New Zealand in a small town, you don't expect to do a lot you know, with your life in general, you know, you just either yeah. be, you, you work at the local butchery or you go into construction building, you know, which I did one of those two things. I was a, constru- a construction worker for a year at a high school. So I was like, oh, this is a cool, you know, making a lot of money, cool life. But when I moved to America, I got this job opportunity with AEW. I'm traveling every single week to all these different towns. And uh, even though it was fleeting, even though I wasn't there for a long time in those towns, I just try to make the most of it. I'm like, whoa, I'm in Boston. Whoa, yeah. I'm in Philly. I'm in Huntsville, Alabama. Like, I, I just, I try my best to make the most of it because, like, at the end of the day, like, it's all just passing. Like, so I just try to make the most of it. It was so fun. That's awesome. <laughs> busy, That's awesome. Busy, but fun. <laughs> for sure. Without a doubt. Yeah. Um, yeah. Before you started working for AEW, though, like, did you travel a lot? Like, wh- what brought you to America to begin with? My wife. My okay. wife. So we, uh, she was, uh, she was in New Zealand. She was doing her master's degree, and at the time, I was, uh, I was a kickboxer, so I was like doing Muay Thai kickboxing. That was my sport, and uh, I hired her as my, um, my, uh, my personal trainer because I needed oh, nice. to do something different. And then we just stuck together. And when her, her degree was done, she said, "Do you want to come to America with me?" I was like, "Yeah, sure. Why not?" <laughs> and then that was it. We got married, and we've been together now for shit um my wife's in the other room i would ask her i should probably know these things yeah i probably think you might you should know that <laughs> close to 10 years oh there you that. go you, you should definitely know that if, it, if it's that long <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah, yeah. that's cool though that's that's awesome so like before yeah. aw did you travel a lot or when you started working with aw was that the first time you sort of saw the different cities in america dude that was the first time like so i've lived in oh <laughs> My wife just texted me. We've been together for nine years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, but, uh, yeah, I didn't travel a lot. So I, I lived in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and then we moved to uh, Portland, Oregon, and then we moved to Austin, Texas, and then we moved from Austin to, to Florida, where we are now. Um, but uh, I didn't travel a lot. I mean, I drove cross-country, but I didn't fly 
like on a weekly basis as much yeah. as I did for AEW. <laughs> like I didn't, I didn't do any of that. Right. But, uh, right. I was, I was working for a, a supplement company in Austin, Texas called on it. And I had made most of my connections through wrestling, uh, through, through on it. Cause I was the community outreach manager. So my job on a daily basis was to like hit up like people and say, Hey, I work for the supplement company. Do you want some supplements? And I say, yeah, send me stuff. I'm like, cool, I'll do that. And then that was my job. And then through word of mouth, uh, you know, it got around that I was the guy to go to for like supplements, like, you know, just influence the stuff. And then just made mentions. And then I got my connection through AEW, through my now former boss. He was like, hey, there's this thing called uh, AEW, All Elite Wrestling. Would you be interested in doing something with us? I'm like, yeah. Yeah, but I'm happy with on it. And then one day I got let go. My wife and I got let go, we're like because we work for the same company. And we're like, oh, and now what do we do? So I hit up my former boss, and uh, he was like, yeah, come do these shows. So I did, I did a uh, Fighter Fest 2019. I did Fight for the Fallen, and All Out. What's it All In? I can't All Out. And. Uh, yeah, and they signed me the next day after that uh, to be full time, and the rest is yeah, I guess history. I guess you could say. That's awesome, man. When you did yeah. like fighter, when you did fighter fest and all in and stuff, all out, um, they brought you in for social media. Yeah, so that was my job. So they they just was like, hey, do you want to come in and do this this job? With no expectations. Well, like, I wanted the expectation to be brought on full time, but right. like. I wasn't even, I didn't even talk about money with them. I didn't, I was just wanting to go in for the, the sole opportunity. The purpose is to be there just so I could get like a foot in the door, if you want to say that. Um, didn't know if I was going to get paid. I did get paid. I didn't know if I was going to get paid. I just wanted to be there just to shake hands, make people happy, and then go home feeling satisfied with the job that I did. Right. So that was my, that was my goal for everything. And then, uh, yeah, they liked my work that I did. And yeah, and they, and they hired me, you know? That's awesome, man. That's that's incredible. And um, it's cool that you got to see. I mean, unfortunately, with the pandemic, you didn't get to go to as many cities as you probably thought you were going to go when you first took the job. Oh, but uh, man, when before pandemic, we oh, man, the amount of cities that they had lined up like at the beginning of the year before pandemic, they planned everything out to December going into January, like of all yeah. the cities. They already had it down. Some we already announced and some that weren't. And I was like, whoa, I get to go here. I get to go there. No way. Like, I've never been to that part of the country. That'll be yeah. awesome. And then pandemic hit, and I was like, ah, oh, lame. That sucks. <laughs> sucks on yeah. a different level, but like, like, ah, oh, you know, oh, well, that's okay. We'll still do the show, you know. And we did. And yeah, it's just been hey. weird. It was weird. The first, the first show uh, of pandemic with no one in the crowd, and we had to put black, like, tarp over the empty seats. Yep. It was just that felt weird, man. Like there was no one backstage because you know, you don't want people to be there who didn't right. need to be there. But it was just it felt weird. Even the hotel we were staying at felt weird because it was empty. Like it wasn't there was no excitement. Right. It was a strange, strange time. But uh obviously it loosened up a little bit. Yeah. But um yeah, I'll never forget that. Yeah. That's insane. It's crazy to think about dynamite being dynamite has existed more in the pandemic era than it did without the pandemic. And that's a testament, man, to AEW because like, you know, I've said on this podcast before, 
me personally, I think AEW is the best wrestling show on TV every week. And um, the fact that they've done that strictly in a pandemic with the exception of what, four or five months. That's, that's yeah. pretty crazy. Dude, it's, it is crazy. It's nuts to even think about. And then what's even more strange is that we signed talent. I say, I say we, like I'm still there, but they signed <laughs> talent. <laughs> they signed all these athletes who, who never traveled with AEW, you know, yeah. like all they know is that they traveled to Jacksonville and then Jacksonville back to wherever they, wherever they live. Yep. Like that's the route that they know. So it's going to be even weirder for those people once travel starts to actually happen, whenever that happens, that they have to, you know, travel to all these different cities and find out that jet lag is real. And I always felt bad for the SU guys because all of our dates were on the East Coast. So they would have to catch red eyes, you know, on Monday going into yeah. Tuesday so they could be there on time for the show. I, I just felt so bad for the people on the, on, uh, Cali and even just like Pacific Northwest, like Aubrey, like man, she she always went above and beyond, like to just get there. She she didn't have to be there. She would travel on Monday just to get there on time, so she wouldn't miss Wednesday. But even though I'd say like Aubrey, you're a referee, you know you're not gonna miss it. Like oh, you never know. Like, oh man, you're, you're crazy. And, um, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, man, that's insane. And shout out to her. She's doing some awesome stuff. She's definitely one of the best refs in the business. And the fact that I believe she comes in from Seattle every week or yep. whatever, that's yep. that's insane. And that's a testament to her dedication. And uh, she's doing great stuff. Yeah, dude, nuts. Crazy, absolutely crazy. Without a doubt. Um, <laughs> speaking of AEW, I know you don't work there anymore, but I'm sure you still watch. We got blood and guts this week. As of this recording, it hasn't happened yet. When you listen to this on Friday, it will be in our rearview mirror. But what are your thoughts on the blood and guts thing? Um, who do you think's winning? Obviously, we know it was supposed to happen last year with the Inner Circle and the Elite, yeah. I believe. Um, yep. Now it's the Inner Circle and the Pinnacle. Um, what do you think's going to happen? Who who are you rooting for? Dude, this is this is going to be such an insane match for the fact that like i guess my perspective is a little different just because i like both sides in different yeah. ways like i'm a big tully blanchard guy like i love tully always gave me the time of day whenever i wanted to talk to him just about life and we we always uh talked about our our childhoods because randomly our childhoods were similar in terms of like small town worked yep. always hard so and like FTR, I personally think that FTR are the best tag team in the world. I agree. Um, I am a big FTR guy. Um, but on the other side, and Wardlow, huge big dude. Like, I I want Wardlow to do so well within AEW. It's just crazy to me to think that, like, he's in the first steel cage match with Cody in Atlanta. Yep, and he's he's still in this group, and he's just doing amazing things. I can't wait to see what the future holds for for Wardlow. On the other side, I'm a big Santana and Ortiz fan. I love Sammy Guevara. Like Jake Hager is an awesome dude. Another person who gave me the time of day whenever I wanted to talk to him. Jericho's door is always open when he wanted to talk to him. But both teams are just they're tough in their own type of way. Like there's one side, the pinnacle being they're they're cunning, like they're they're sneaky tough yeah sneaky tough <laughs> but the inner circle are just balls to the wall super aggressive tough so i'm super uh, i'm excited to see how these teams will clash together when it comes to blood and guts 
if I was to make the call because they're sneaky, I'm going to go with the pinnacle for sure. 100% the pinnacle. I agree with you. Uh, like I said, as of this recording, it hasn't happened yet. I yeah. I, I agree, though. I think um, I think there's so much meat on the bone with both both groups, but I think the pinnacle, they're still new. They got to kind of establish themselves as, you know, the top dog in the yard. And uh, what a way to do that than to take out the inner circle. And, uh, you know, despite what happens, I don't think this feud is done. I think uh, yeah. blood and guts, you know, you would think blood and guts would be the end of a feud. And like we said, it was supposed to be with the elite in the inner circle mm -hmm. last year. But um, I kind of like that they're using it as like kind of a, a kickstart to the feud. Um, mm -hmm. for the pinnacle and inner circle and i'm excited to see where it goes from here man yeah i'm super pumped i'm jealous that i'm not going to be there but uh but uh yeah i'm super excited to watch on tv if anything if you're in the crowd you can't really see anything that cage yeah. is just one big mesh so yep. like get to watch it from home you get like the best seats in the house without feeling the you know the, the crowd obviously but yeah i'm super excited to watch this on wednesday well, definitely, now definitely. it's in the rear view when this podcast comes out. So, yeah, it was good. It was great. <laughs> what a great match. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. But you're right, though. Like, the fact that you can watch it from home is really cool because I went to Hell in a Cell in 2009, and I believe it was uh, it was actually – I think it was Cody Rhodes, actually, and uh, Ted mm -hmm. DiBiase Jr. against DX in the cell. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. um, being in the crowd – it sucked because you couldn't see anything because that cage is just so massive. And you know, yep. when you're in a stadium, those holes of the cage are so small that it's so hard to see in and see what's happening. So, you, you know, yeah. you're, it's kind of a blessing in disguise that you're going to be home watching it on TV. Cause you get a better view of what's. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Like I remember going to, I can't remember what main event, uh, what pay-per-view this was, but it was the, it was a WWE main uh, pay-per-view. I keep saying the same main event, <laughs> pay-per-view, but the cage was, I think it was Hell in a Cell, but it was red. Yep. Or is it Steel Cage? I can't remember. But anyway, we were there watching it and I was like, dude, I can't see anything. <laughs> like I would have to look up to the, you know, the big screens yes. above here just to see what was going on. And my wife was, she was there with me and I was, I don't want to say I was getting bored, but I think I was just getting frustrated just because I couldn't see anything. So yeah. I was just like looking up the whole time going, oh, cool. That's awesome. And, you know, all the big spots that like, I think it was Jeff Hardy versus Randy Orton. Yep. That was an cell. Yeah. And they, you know, there's so many big spots going on in the match, but I just couldn't see because of the, the match. And I'm looking up going, oh, okay. That was cool. Like, why am I watching TV? It's like right in front of me. Just, ah, whatever. But, um, but yeah, that was. <laughs> but yeah, it's better to watch it at home. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> oh, without a doubt, without a doubt. Um, so yeah, AEW, great stuff. I'm looking forward to it. Um, you know, besides the Inner Circle and Pinnacle, who are you most enjoying watching on AEW these days? Dude, um, these days, I I don't know. I don't know if anyone would probably think it, but. Uh, Matty Renskrowski, Renskrowski, like I'm really enjoying his stuff on Dark. I know like it's not like main event level status, but like she, I don't know, she just has the opportunity to do so much within AEW. I like yeah. I don't even know if she's officially signed, whatever her contract looks like, but like I love 
everything about like her style and I could see her doing something great within the women's division. On top of that, uh, Layla Hirsch, like I'm a yep. big, I'm a big MMA fan. Like yes. my past, like I'm a, I'm a big, like, uh, jujitsu fan, Muay Thai fan, like just kickboxing fan, but like her style of wrestling, I just love it. Like it's super gritty. Her stature is small, but it's quick as well. So I love watching her in the ring. Um, and Brooke Baker, like I, I love watching Brooke Baker. Like she's yes. she's gotten so much better, like leaps and bounds from when AEW initially started in terms of like in ring style and her promo. And she's just like catapulted, and now like she's just she's just a beast, you know. And so yeah, I love the most watching Brooke Baker, just watching her like perform and watching her like almost outdo herself every single week, you know. Absolutely. Like, yeah. yeah, absolutely, man. It definitely seems like Britt Baker is one of my favorites too. And it seems like every week she just steps up her game, you know, whether yeah. it's a match or even like the promo she does with Shivani that, you know, right. it's, it's a minute long promo, but my God, she knocks it out of the park every single week. And yeah. I, uh, I hope, I hope this is leading to Sheeta and Britt Baker at double or nothing for the women's title, because that, that, that mm. title should have been on Britt Baker yesterday. <laughs> Dude, she is working so freaking hard <laughs> like she was working so hard and it's awesome to see but like man it's a it's about her time and, and i would say it even if i was still with aew yeah. like i would see the comments like my job every day was to look and read the comments on within social media and everyone's saying like make Britt baker champion Cha uh, baker should have been champion from the get-go like and i see it and i'm like dude you're right <laughs> like i i see it I understand it. I want it to happen myself, and you're not wrong. So, <laughs> but yeah, it's, you just it's, it's funny. Oh, sorry. Do you go for it? No, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, it's just funny to like divide. So, like, I'm an employee of AEW, but I'm also a wrestling fan. So the right. fan in me wants to see, like, yeah, Britt Baker, she should have been champion. She should have been champion. She should be. Yeah, but like the 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 employee of you just has to see it and go, okay, yep, that has been said. Move on to the next thing. Yep, that has been said. <laughs> Just move on. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, so I, I want to ask you, you just mentioned, you know, like you'd see the social media comments when you post these things. And mm -hmm. this is, I don't even know how to word this question, but like, is it weird seeing fans or I wouldn't even say your fans if you're making these comments, like how, was it tough on you to see like the negative stuff that people would post? Cause people on the internet are mean. So like, I, I know that you've seen, you've had to have seen some just nasty comments about people. And like, it's just, it's just a negative part of social media and wrestling. And it, how did you deal with that? Uh, I think it got, uh, uh, I don't want to say it like got to me, but like it really would shift uh, how I approach social media in terms of, like when people say, man, you guys are showing this way too much. You should show this more. And then when I would show what they were asking, hey, man, you show this way too much. You should be showing this more. I'm like, but it's the same. You told me not to do that. So I'm yeah. trying to like shift and move. And then after a while, my boss would say, my boss would always say to me almost every week, like, if you make one person happy, you're going to piss someone else off. If yeah. you make that pissed off person happy, you're going to piss that person off. So you can never make anyone happy, but you can just do, you know, you can just do the job. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's true. Like he would have to remind me almost every week to be like, Hey, we can't make everyone happy. Unfortunately, like yeah. we just have to do what has been put in front of us to do the, do the work. 
However, if I knew, like with this example saying a storyline, if I knew what was happening a month down the road and we posted this one thing and say, hey, this, this thing sucks. This, this is what should really happen. In my head, I'm saying, dude, the thing that you want to happen, it's happening. Like two months later, like I, I can see it. I can see your frustration and it's going to happen. Just please wait. Like I can, I can see it. Like it's happening. So uh, that was another fresh, not frustrating, but just like, just hold off. It's just a little bit longer. Like the thing that you want the most is going to happen. Like in a month, like, yeah, but, uh, that was I almost like the excitement in me because I want to say, hey, this is what's really happening. But like, obviously you can't because that's stupid. Right. <laughs> but like, yeah, it's like, please just hold on just for just a little bit. It's going to happen in a month. You'll see it. And then you'll be like, oh, there it is. <laughs> but, Definitely. Yeah. Like, it... I see it, like it'll, it'll affect some of the, the athletes, you know, some yeah. like all the back talk, it would affect them so much. And I, I mean, I think Marco's been pretty outspoken about it, but Marco Stunt, he like hated it. He couldn't handle it. And I felt bad for him because he would show up to TV when we were traveling and just be super bummed. But at the same time, like I remember sitting at ringside with him just going like, dude, it is what it is. Like we're in a job where we're seen all the time. Like yeah. let alone on TV, we're seen on, on social media 24 seven and people are going to see stuff nonstop. So we kind of can't help it. And, you know, and it's just unfortunately a part of the job now, you know, you just have to see that stuff and it's either going to affect you or just think bigger and just kind of move on from it. But yeah, it was a real conversation for some, some athletes that, you know, they just didn't know how to, didn't know how to, um, I don't want to say get over it, but just move on from it because it's gone from wrestling independence or like, you know, just smaller shows to now they're on tv and now they don't know how to handle all the stuff that's coming in and just like anything you know yeah so it was just tough it was just tough for a lot of these guys i felt bad definitely we definitely live in a really insane time could you imagine like twitter around in like the 80s like wrestlemania 3 could you imagine if there's twitter at that time dude i always think about that in a real weird way i'm like man imagine if like twitter was around and they were sick of seeing Hulk Hogan on TV. Yes. They were like, Hulk Hogan, man, again? Really? He's holding the belt again? <laughs> <laughs> or like... What or about like when even... San Martino had that title for like, you know, 6,000 days? Like, could you imagine <laughs> that? <laughs> I'm sick of seeing Bruno with that damn belt. Sick of it. <laughs> it's insane. Yeah. It really is. And you said one thing in your, in your answer there. Um, wrestling fans just need to be patient. Uh, myself included, because that's like the biggest thing I think with wrestling fans. We're the most impatient people on the planet because, you know, we all complain that this isn't happening, like you said. But, you know, you, somebody on the inside is like, you know, just wait a month. Just wait a month. You're going to get what you want, yeah. but you just got to yeah. be patient. Yeah. And the same vein of that, you know, I, I understood it. Like, I, I could, you're a fan. Like, you just yeah. want you want it to do well. You want your favorite wrestler to do well. You want your favorite TV show to do well. So I, I totally understood their frustrations. Like I, I could see it and I understood it. But in my mind, in the back of my mind, I'm like, the thing you want the most, it's happening. And like, just promise, I'm promising you it will happen in a month, in two months. Like I could see where this is going. But uh, but yeah, I totally understood the frustrations. But again, you just, it's part of the game. You kind of just have to, 
had to let it go, you know. Just Absolutely. Let it play definitely, know? definitely. Yeah. So I want to ask you a little bit. You leave AEW. Kind mm-hmm. of it seems like at the same time that you were planning on leaving AEW, you're starting your own thing over at stackofcardswithaz.com. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about Stack of Cards. Dude, so when I was when I was with AEW, like I was, I just wanted to get into like I remember collecting cards when I was a kid, and like Batman, Superman cards were my favorite thing to collect. Um, like wrestling cards were my favorite thing to collect. The one where you got the bubble gum with it, that was my favorite. But um, the major, the, the major pod group, yep. Facebook group, where that we're a part of, um, it just reignited it. Like obviously, as you can probably see if you're watching on video, like have all these boxes of cards behind me, got some figures behind me, but it reignited my collection of, of figures, like wanting to buy things that I have from my childhood. Yep. And then Brian Myers was like, oh yeah, collecting cards. I'm like, yeah, collecting cards. I can collect the stuff from my childhood. So I go on eBay, obviously, as you do, and I'm looking, I'm like, whoa, I had that when I was a kid. Oh man, I didn't know that this pack of cards came out. I didn't know this movie had a stack of cards come out. So I found myself just, buying a bunch like just buying like right now i'm next to like just stacks and stacks and stacks of cards all in their packs they're like it's just inventory and just my personal collection yeah but like i'm opening i'm ripping like judge dread cards i'm looking through i'm going whoa i didn't know this was part of the comic man look at this artwork this great this is like pure 90s comic book like design and artwork this is so cool and the more I got into it, the more I realized in the group and just like people on Instagram and social media in general are doing the same thing. You know, there's a current card buzz going on right now, you know, with with NBA, NFL, NHL, all that kind of stuff. But like for me, my personal favorites is wrestling and movies and TV shows, you know, like movies like uh, freaking, I mean, with TV show, no one, no one knows, but like Neighbors, is an Australian TV show that like no American really understands, but I got it because it's hilariously funny. And on the yeah. back is just this guy with a mullet. Like, <laughs> who is this guy? I don't know. But like, here's Kylie Minogue, like just chilling. You know, yeah. it's just it's just hilariously funny. But I started it because I was I had all this inventory. I'm sure there's someone out there who shares the same kind of passion as me, like with all these movies and like wrestling, there has to be someone out there like who has the same, same interest as me. So it was just stack of cards was born purely. I want to say as a passion, a passion project and just to see if anyone out there has the same interest as me. And it kind of just took off that. I wasn't, I was expecting, but I wasn't really expecting with the amount of orders coming through. And I'm just one guy. You know, yeah. I'm just one person and I'm just trying to fulfill all these orders coming in faster than I could realize. I'm just, and like, I was looking at my wife going, this is like, this is insane. Like, this is the 10th package of the day, 11, 12. I can't even keep up. You know, so, so it's, uh, it's gotten crazy purely out of nostalgia. If that kind yeah. of makes sense, you know? Definitely, man. That's awesome. Yeah. I, same with you, man. Like I've been a fan of the major brothers forever. And, you know, when they started the Facebook group, it reignited my love for collecting. And, yeah. you know, like you said, when Brian started talking about cards, I was like, Oh man, like I got to start doing these cards again. And, yeah. uh, you know, then your website came along and I'll be honest, it wasn't until your website popped up that I even knew that TV shows had cards. Like 
I know uh, you, you, you change the stock every Friday, so I don't know if they're sold out or not. But uh, um, the Smallville cards that you had up there, you know, last week, that, yeah. that blows my mind. Like that the TV show from, you know, 10 years ago had a, a series of cards, like a, a trading card. It's insane to me. And yeah, um, I, I didn't even know. And like, I'm a big Smallville fan. Like, I love Smallville. I watched it every single Friday, 630, you know? Yeah. And then when I saw on eBay, I'm like, whoa, Smallville? Hell yeah. So like, I just, I just purchased everything that I could buy. And I'm like, yeah, I, I want 10 of these. I want two hobby boxes. I want uh, off season one. Hell yeah, I want season one. Season one hobby box, season one packs. Like, I want some hobby boxes, but I also want individual packs, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just, it's nuts. Like, you can almost find anything that you want in card form, but like, some of them are total duds, like Saved by the Bell. You know? Yeah. Like, no one cares about that. But the TV show is great, you know? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, you mentioned wrestling cards. This is a wrestling podcast. What um, what do you think is going on with the wrestling card market these days? Like, it, it's exploding now, but do you think this is, like, a long-term thing, or do you think the bubble's getting ready to burst? Man, I was actually thinking about this literally last night. I was looking at Dwayne Johnson, rookie, like, the Rock rookie card. Yeah. And, like, there are so many cards out there of just the Rock that people consider as their rookie. So, like, you know, you've got the, the playset card that we've all seen, the Rocky Maivia uh, rookie, that's considered a rookie. But then there's the other uh, sticker of him. Uh, I, can't, I think it's from a Panini pack. Yeah, 1997 Panini. Yeah. I, uh, I actually was in a break this past weekend for that's those right. cards. And uh, yeah. I, I didn't get the one that everyone was looking for, but I did get yeah. one with uh, Owen Hart throwing a drop kick to the rock that uh, cool. could – could be worth some money. So I'm waiting for that to arrive in the mail, but uh, continue the rock rookie yeah. cards, the panini set. And there's just so many, like, you know, there's a rookie in there. And then there's like the Bendems with the cardboard cutout that's considered his rookie or like it considered a high value card. So I'm like, okay, what else is considered his rookie when he played uh, for the U, you know, yep. his football rookie card that's considered his rookie card and it's going for top dollar. So it's just, it's, it is crazy at the moment, and I try not to get myself too fixated on it because I purely started stack of cards as this, like, you know, I want to say again, like a passion project. Like, I see something that I like or I find interesting, I buy it. You know, restaurants, dominoes, having uh, their own pack of trading cards. Is that crazy? Yes. Do I want it? Yes. <laughs> it's, it's stupidly funny. But, um, I don't know if the bubble is going to burst. I hope it doesn't. I hope it just has longevity for the sake of the hobby. Yeah. But on the flip side of that, you know, I mean, you've seen in the in the Facebook group, you know, people lining up at Target just to buy packs, just to flip them, you know, and uh, I call them card dorks. You're all a bunch of card dorks, but I'm a card dork too, but just in a different way. But like my wife and I, we go into Target uh, Friday morning just to get the things that we need. And I'm seeing the line that's out the door. Yeah, like dang man, that's I. Oh, on one side of me, I appreciate it. Like I appreciate the hustle of trying to make their money, but I see the other ten-year-old kid who wants to go in there. You know, like I was a kid, I went down to my local store and I got a, a pack of cards and I opened them, going, "Oh hell yeah, that's cool." I still remember getting a ravishing Rick Rude and a Bret Hart in the pack, going, "Whoa, ravishing Rick Rude!" I saw him on TV, you know, and skip to 2021 the kid just can't go into a store anymore 
yeah. and buy his own pick because people are flipping him. And if you want to buy, like for me, I guess, if, you know, from my perspective, being a dad, if I want to buy something for my kid, I'll go on eBay. It's like 80 bucks for just one $10 pack, you know? And yeah. it's like, oh man, I really I can't do that. Like 80 bucks for a $10 pack, man, come on. So I, I see both sides of the coin, you know, but um, I hope there's more longevity in this. And I hope, I hope, the, <laughs> I hope it doesn't burst for the sake of it. But, uh, but I don't know. I, I feel like I'm in the middle, you know, a little bit. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I agree. Yeah. Um, I want to also ask, uh, so for me, I, I, I go to Target. I don't stand on the lines. I, I can't do that. That's just ridiculous to me. But before it blew up, I would go to Target and pick up, you know, a, a, a pack of cards. And mm-hmm. I would get in the car and I'd drive home and I would be so excited that yeah. I would just rip it open in the car because I couldn't handle, I couldn't wait to get home and like record a video or anything. Now I know yeah. you have your YouTube channel, but do you, do you feel that way too? Like when you buy a pack at target or so, do you, oh. do you just got to rip it open or are you like, okay, I'm going to go home and, you know, maybe get some food and then I'll record a video. Yeah. Like, so, I mean, I mean, there's been plenty of times where I just open a pack just because I want to, like, yeah. I don't want to, like, I love doing the YouTube videos. Don't get me wrong. But like, Sometimes I just can't be bothered and I just yeah. want to sit down and I just want to open it up and go, whoa, this card's cool. And not put some big grand story behind the card. I just want to open it up and go, whoa, that's really cool. And then move on to the next card. Whoa, that's awesome too. You know, like yep. I remember buying like the WWE 2017 women's division packs. They were at Walmart and they were on clearance for like $2 each. Yep. And they had four packs. So I'm like, oh yeah, cool. I'll just buy these four packs. And then I'll just wait till I get home and then I'll just open it. But because my curiosity was piqued, I just sat in the Walmart car park or parking lot, sorry. And I just opened them just because I wanted to. I couldn't wait. <laughs> like I wanted to see what these cards were all about. Like, yeah. were, was I going to get something cool? I don't know. Do I, I have to wait 10 minutes for my drive to go home? I don't want to wait that long. <laughs> so, so I just ripped them open and I would go to my local Target and buy like i'm not even a i'm not a big fan of um fortnite i don't play the game but i love the like style of cards and they're just really cool so i i mean i've got some hobby box uh, some blaster boxes behind me these ones right here but like i had a bunch of fat packs so i just yeah. opened them up and go man these are cool like and it almost made me play the game almost i didn't play it but i was looking at the cards and go, man these are really cool like i love how vibrant they are and I just pop off for just like different reasons for for everyone. I don't know. It just reminds me of being a kid again. Like when you open a pack and go, "Whoa, I've never seen something like that before." That's cool. Yeah. And you know, it just it just kind of takes me back there. And again, like going back to it, I understand why people need to flip it to make money. I totally get it. But like being a kid, man, you just can't go into a store anymore and just and buy a pack just for the sake of it. And you can't go to your local card store, you know, your card shop, because they'll charge you like so much money because they need to make that money back. I t- again, card stores are keeping the hobby alive, which is great. Yeah. But like, I don't know, you can't go into your local Walmart or local Target just to get a pack anymore. You know? Yeah. It's, it's unfortunate for sure. And, um, you know, I give you credit though, because if you're watching the video, Dion has a whole bunch of blaster boxes, like you just mentioned, uh, positioned behind him. I'm assuming those are for inventory for the website, 
but I see the top's finest blaster with Randy Orton on it right there. I couldn't do that, man. If that was sitting behind me sealed, I'd have to rip that thing open and see what I had because <laughs> I'd be dying to know if there was like an autograph in there or what. <laughs> so yeah. I give you credit. No, that's, <laughs> it's funny because like I'll buy it. So like I've had these ones back when I could go into Target and open them up, you know, and they've just been sitting there. And, and for the the fact that I have them, I think I don't really notice them anymore because just, they just sit there. Yeah. Same with like I've got the more inventory behind the the camera here, but like they're just there, you know. They're they're just for inventory. I try to hide them as best as I can, but like these ones here have just become a part of the wall. Okay. So they're just there <laughs> for aesthetic. So when I'm in here, and I, I mean, you can kind of see I've got my my little electronic drum kit here. So like I'll play it and I'll look at these walls and go, oh, that's cool. I haven't opened that one yet. The Smallville hobby box. I haven't opened that one yet. Maybe I will one day. Maybe I won't. Maybe I'll just sell it, you know. If someone yeah. else needs it, probably more than me, you know. But, Definitely. Uh, <laughs> I'll have some inventory, and then I'll have some personal breaks of my own. But like, even when I put stuff up on the website, I try my best to keep the prices fair, because like, again, when you can't go into Target anymore to buy a pack, and if you go on eBay, the prices are skyrocketed. So I try right. my best to like sell them at the the retail price that I think they would be at. So like, if I have if I have like a finest value pack, you know, we all know that it's $10 for a pack. Yeah. And like people online will sell it for like 30. Like it's, it's just bullshit, man. It's like, I, again, yep. I get it, but it's just like, you can't buy a pack. So I try to keep it at, at as low as I can, or as like as close to retail as I can to make it fair for everyone. You know? But, Definitely. You, you, you got good prices. So everybody go check out stackofcards.com. Uh, Dion's got some good stuff over there, wrestling, movies, TV, uh, sports, baseball, football, anything you want. He updates the website every Friday. So go check it out. Um, Dion, what's the biggest hit you've had recently that you've personally pulled? Ooh, dude, this four corner, uh, Matt relic. It was from a, uh, transcendent as a silver transcendent pack, which I still have, um, these were uh, VIP exclusives to a WrestleMania. I can't remember what WrestleMania, but it was on uh, uh, January, March, April 7th, 2019. So uh, in WrestleMania pack, 35 in New York. There we go. You're better than me. <laughs> <laughs> but like in the silver pack were exclusive VIP of three cards, um, and they were one of one. So oh, wow. I got an Undertaker one of one. I got an Iron Sheik one of one, and I got this one. Uh, which is a four-corner Matt Relic, uh, and it's nine of 25. Wow. So uh, this one here is WrestleMania 30. This one here is WrestleMania 32, WrestleMania 33, and the bottom right is a uh, WrestleMania 34. Wow. So, I mean, it's, I, I think it's cool because I've never had anything like that before. Yeah. And I've got some other cool cards, but, like, for me, I wasn't expecting to get, like, I wasn't expecting to get this, and, that's incredible. On it. And uh, yeah, I, th I personally think it's cool. And there was one time, just a random story, but like when I lived in Austin, uh, Austin, Texas, Taker lives there too. And my friend Aaron Solo, he was like, hey, um, I've got this job for the WWE. I don't know if you want to do it or not. And I was like, okay, job for a WWE. It's a contract job, you know, one time thing. I'm like, yeah, cool. Like, what do you want me to do? And uh, he's like, oh, I want you, uh, WWE is looking for people to build a ring. 
I'm like, okay, build a build a ring. I'm like, okay, cool. Give me the address and I'll be there. Yeah. So uh, I take off work because it was during the afternoon. I drive down and uh, it's in this like middle of nowhere rundown building that used to be like an auto parts store. I'm like, okay, just show up. And I'm parked in my car and I'm like, oh, this is weird. And I'm texting Aaron Solo. I'm like, hey, dude, I'm here. Where are you? Because I'm a little worried. This is like, have you set me up for something? <laughs> but uh, he's like, no, 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 I'll be there soon. So we just get there. I, uh, you know, meet some other independent wrestlers and we're just waiting to be led into this building. This lady, this lady uh, pulls up and um, Ricky Starks was also there. And uh, he's like, oh, hey, Michelle, how you doing? And I'm like, oh, okay, uh, I don't know who this person is. Uh, later on, found out that it's Mich- uh, Michelle McCool. I didn't even, again, I don't know who this person is. <laughs> I stopped watching wrestling for a long period and I didn't know who Michelle McCool was. Yeah. So Ricky was like, oh, hey, Michelle, how you doing? And then, like, maybe five or ten minutes later, this big truck pulls up. Big black truck. I'm like, oh, shit, here's the boss. Here's the boss, man. <laughs> who is this area? He's going to tell us what to do. And he gets out, and it's the fucking Undertaker. I'm like, wow. whoa! But that's me on the inside. On the yeah, outside, yeah. I'm like, okay, take it here. Cool, cool. <laughs> Casual. Casual. Friday afternoon, no big deal. <laughs> he comes up to me, and he, he like, shakes my hand, and in my head, I'm like, holy fuck, it's the Undertaker. <laughs> holy shit. Wow. Hello. Hello, sir. How are you? Yeah, yeah, good. We're building a ring today? Cool. Awesome. Awesome. So we put the ring together. He's helping us out. And uh, he learns that I'm from New Zealand and all he wants to talk to me about is New Zealand. Like he just wants <laughs> to talk about, like if I, if I want to retire anywhere and it wasn't Austin, Texas, I want to move to New Zealand. I'm like, oh, that's cool, man. I'm glad that you look at my, where I'm from in that kind of way. Yeah. And he would talk to me about the Bushwhackers and I'm like, yeah, I mean, I know who the Bushwhackers are. They're from New <laughs> Zealand. Right? But like he would talk to me about, and he found out that I, uh, that I was a, I used to be a kickboxer. So he started talking to me about like boxing and his favorite boxing matches. And I'm just like, dude, you're talking to me everything about not wrestling. Like, <laughs> it's great. Like, I, I love that we're having a conversation that's not about wrestling. It's awesome. And then he took us all out for barbecue afterwards and it was great. Wow. So that's every that's time amazing. I see, yeah. Every time I see something that's Undertaker related, I always think of that day, the day that he took me to go get barbecue with him. Dude. <laughs> That's unbelievable, man. That's unreal. I I have so much more I want to talk to you about, but I think that's the perfect way to wrap this up. I don't think we're going to get any better than Undertaker and Dion eating barbecue together after building a WWE ring. Like, that's unreal. Yeah. yeah <laughs> well, dude, I, I man, what a story. I can't thank you enough for doing this. Seriously, it's been a blast. You know, we've gone almost an hour here. It flew by. Um, thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. Uh, is there anything you want to plug before we get out of here? Um, just follow us on our social channels at Stack of Cards with a Z. Uh, check out our website, stackofcards.com, stackofcards with a Z.com. Um, and uh, yeah, you've got a promo code too, right? What's your promo code? Yeah, you could use uh, promo code chairs at checkout for 10% off. That's right. That's right. So yeah, check us out. We're on social media everywhere. We're always at Sex Cards. And yeah, we're updating the website every Friday. Trying to keep that website fresh. We just had a 50% off uh, sale that we just did. And the reason why I did it is because my toy room where I'm sitting right now is my wardrobe. And it's just becoming overflowed with cards. And I needed to move some stuff out. I didn't want to make the life 
any more angry than she is currently at me for having this room. So, well, and she might she might even be more angry at you now that uh, you didn't remember that you've been together for nine years. So you might have to go and uh, do some smoothing over with that. <laughs> yeah, dude, for sure, for sure. <laughs> hey, man, thanks again for doing this. And guys, check out stackofcards.com. Dion's the man. Thanks again, Dion. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it. Huge thank you to Dion for being on the show this week. Uh, what a great conversation. Love talking about trading cards. I'm, I'm big into the trading cards and uh, especially wrestling trading cards. So to talk a little bit about cards with uh, somebody who knows his stuff is really cool for me. And um, what a great story about The Undertaker, too. My God. Eating barbecue with The Undertaker after building him a wrestling ring? Oh, God, that's like a bucket list thing right there. Uh, guys, check out his website stackofcards.com, stackofcardswithaz.com. Uh, every Friday, he puts up new products. So right now, when you're listening to this, if you're listening to this, the day it drops on Friday, he's got new product up there right now. Uh, wrestling, movies, TV, sports, any kind of trading card you want, he's got it. So go and check it out again, stackofcards.com, and use promo code CHAIRS at checkout, and you'll save yourself 10%. So big thank you to Dion for hooking up all my listeners with that promo code. Guys, as always, I'm on Twitter at BrianChair7 at TLChairsPod. Uh, Instagram as well, same handles at BrianChair7 and at TLChairsPod. ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash TLChairsPod. Thank you so much to anybody who has bought a shirt and who will buy a shirt. Um, that's that helps me huge. I've been saying it for weeks. I can't say it enough. Buy a T-shirt. Buy the T-shirt at ProWrestlingTees.com. Uh, again, thank you so much to anybody who has or will buy one of those. Uh, YouTube.com, i got to get back to that. We haven't posted a new video in a while, but we do have another watch-along coming um, in the next couple days, so be on the lookout for that. Go to YouTube.com and just search Tables, Ladders, and Chairs, the podcast. Uh, check us out, guys. I really appreciate it. Keep retweeting. Keep subscribing. Keep reviewing. Keep rating. Everything you guys are doing to help me out, really appreciate it. I love doing this show. I love talking wrestling. I love interacting with you guys. Um, I do live tweet most wrestling shows. I live tweet AEW Dynamite and SmackDown um, as they're happening in real time. So if you want to interact with me on Twitter, that's on Wednesday nights when Dynamite airs and on Friday nights when SmackDown airs, that would be cool. I love hearing all your guys' thoughts and opinions. Um, you know, Let me know. Let me know what's going on. Let me know what you guys are thinking. I want to make this show a little bit more interactive. We're almost at 20 episodes. Next week is episode 20. I never thought I would be at 20 episodes. Uh, you know, the average podcast only lasts about 14, I believe. So I've already shattered that, and I'm continuing on my way. So again, guys, thank you so much for listening. Really appreciate it. Can't wait to talk to you guys next week. Buy a t-shirt, prowrestlingtees.com forward slash TL Chairs Pod. <laughs>